the Bible is so simple to understand. I don't know why people don't understand it at all. It's just, it's, there it is, everything you need to know in actually a minute. Now, um, I, believe it or not, I am, I am not part of a preacher union. I'm really not. You could call me a preacher, but I'm not part of a preacher union. I don't have to every once in a while by some contractual obligation roll out the guilt message says, okay, everybody ought to read their Bibles. Um, uh, that's not uh, what I'm trying to do here at all today. My, my microphone's hitting me just a second here. I'm not trying to do that today uh, at all. Last week, we talked about the difference of growth paradigms that many of us adhere to. The one of them, uh, the first one was what I called the lightning bolt paradigm. The belief that all I have to do is just kind of go about throughout my life and then bam, out of nowhere, God's going to jolt me. I'm going to feel good feelings. I'm going to grow. It's a lightning bolt paradigm. Lightning does strike, but very rarely. And then there's the mountain climbing or the gym paradigm, which means that to strengthen myself and feel closer to God, there's things that I do to, to understand His presence and get into His presence. There's things that you want for your life that you will not get unless you build your spiritual core. There are things that you want to do that you will not be able to do unless you build your spiritual core. There's things that you want to experience that you will not experience unless you build your spiritual core. There's things that you want to endure through, crap and pain you want to live through, that you will not be able to endure through, you will not be able to live through unless you endure and build your spiritual core. See, I could talk all I want about these muscles being in better shape so I can be more functional. This is where functional fitness comes from. It's not here. It's here. I could talk all I want about wanting a stronger core, but unless, unless I'm doing things that are building my core, unless I'm doing things that are stabilizing my muscles, I'm not going to get it. It is not going to happen. And these things, I never like to do these things. I never feel better in the midst of doing these things. When I get done doing these things, it's not like I, I get done and then I feel more manly. It's not like I get done, I go, oh man, don't I look good. No, I don't, I don't, I don't look at, the, these exercises right here are monotonous. Hi, how are you? <laughs> they're monotonous, they're tedious. Let me catch my breath. <laughs> and, uh, and they enable me to function and I don't do them all that much or I could function better. This is what, um, Developing your spiritual cords about these exercises that you don't look better when you get done with them, but there's something about your strength where you're, you're just more capable. Three of them, Bible, community, and prayer. Last week we gave the overview. Today we're going to get into the first exercise, the first discipline, reading the Bible. You know, uh, there's very few people that would say that you shouldn't read. Most people who are advancing in some form in their life are readers, they're learners, they're growers. Thomas Stanley did a study of people who have minds that are millionaires, called the millionaire mind. And he tried to understand what is it that makes somebody who have a, have a million dollars, what goes on? How many of us would like to be a millionaire? I'd like to be a millionaire. Who would, I, I'd like to be one. Don't, maybe some of you are. You can keep your hand up. I, I, I would like that. That'd be very, very fun. I, I would like to do that. So I read books like that. It's kind of intriguing. Here's what he says about the millionaire's mind. Great people don't have to read a lot. What they do is have an uncanny ability to read the right things. There's nothing better than the Bible. It's a great work in that it tells you so much about life, the psychology of life, the sociology of life, the motives of, 
of, of people, the weaknesses of people. We may have high technology and different ways of communicating, but fundamentally, the human psyche really hasn't changed. It's a great book, and great books are really helpful. I think he's exactly right that the Bible does help us psychologically and socially, but that's not even the primary reason why the Bible exists. The primary reason the Bible exists is to help us spiritually. It's to help us understand God. To help us understand a person, a personality, an entity who has created us, knows us, has some sort of plan and purpose for us to get to know Him and have His strength that comes in and through us. And to do that, to know Him, I've got to know what His character is like. And the Bible, the Bible tells us what His character is like. You know, we take a look at old ancient figures. How do we know what their character is? We go back and we take a look at their letters. We look at what the letters were written to them. We look at what they wrote. And that's how we know what their personality is. That's how great biographies are made. To know the biography of God, to know His personality, you have to look at His letters. This book right here is a compilation of 66 letters fascinating book. It's written by about 40 different people over a 1,500 time span on three different continents by people who are of, of much different economic levels, all kinds of different occupations. It is, uh, it is written in two languages, but actually three languages went into it because one was spoken Aramaic and then written down in Greek. It's a fascinating compilation that spans a long, long time. And yet in the midst of all of these divergent people that are writing these things down, Here's what the Bible says about itself as far as people who are penning it. It says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That says that as people were actually writing this down, God was supernaturally inspiring them to write exactly what He wanted to have written though with their personality and in their cultural context. And when I read this, I'm getting the breath of God, and it's useful, it says. It's useful for rebuking me, for realizing, ooh, there's something wrong in my life, for training me in righteousness, for getting me ready, getting me spiritually equipped. It, it's useful for encouraging me. That's what it is. Now, I know some of you right now, you're sitting here going, gosh, yeah, looks like I picked the wrong day to go to church. So this is just... <laughs> I mean, read, hearing about the Bible, I just, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Maybe I've heard this before. Oh, gosh, looks, you know, it's kind of like that old airplane movie. It looks like I took the wrong day to stop taking amphetamines, you know. It's like, <laughs> looks, like I talk, looks like I picked the wrong day to start coming to church. This is just, man, how much longer? Let me tell you three great reasons why not to read the Bible. Let's just call them out. Three great reasons. Here's one. Um, I don't understand everything. I don't, none of us like to feel like we're dumb. None of us like to feel like we're not in the know. And when we hear something that we don't understand, then it makes us feel like we're insignificant and like we're not smart. We don't like that. You know, if I went down to the University of Xavier, Xavier and I went into a chemistry classroom, <laughs> got some Xavier folks? Wow. How about chemistry Xavier folks? No, no, we all the dumb Xavier people. None of the, uh, um, uh, if I went into the chemistry class, I would expect that I wouldn't understand everything. I would, I would expect that because I'm being dropped into a world that I don't normally live in. And when we read the Bible, we're dropped into a classroom, we're dropped into a world that we don't normally live in. And I don't mean just time-wise, I just mean a value system, a perspective on life. In fact, if I, don't, if I go to a classroom and I don't hear things I'm not understanding, I'm in the wrong classroom. 
The whole point of going there is so I hear something I don't understand so I can get to a new place. And so the fact that we don't understand the Bible should not discourage us from reading it, but it should make us realize, wow, I should be encouraged to read it because it's going to bring some value to my life. There's also a, a difficulty when we read the Bible purely from a scientific or an historical or a textual analysis standpoint. Uh, there's a different way to read the Bible. When you receive Jesus, when you receive the Spirit, there's a, there's a spiritual understanding that you have to tap into. Here's what the Bible says about itself and understanding it. The book of 1 Corinthians, it says, No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. The man or woman without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So you can read the Bible just from a physical, critical perspective and understand it because you're not asking to get to know God and God is not helping understand it. But let's just call it out. Sometimes there's things, don't understand. Another great reason not to read the Bible is because I don't like what it says. Mark Twain said, it's not the things in the Bible that I don't understand that I don't like. It's the things in the Bible I understand that I don't like. <laughs> I just don't like it. I don't like that it tells me to love my enemies. Where does that come from? How do you run a country or a life on that? Love my enemies? Pray for people who are persecuting me? I, I don't like that. I, I don't like it all that it tells me as soon as I start to get ahead financially, I need to be concerned as Jesus says, don't build bigger barns for all your stuff. Be very careful of savings. I don't like that it tells me to constantly inc increase my percentage of giving outside of myself. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that it tells me that if I'm attracted to somebody, it doesn't mean I should do anything with that person physically. I don't like that it tells me that when I let my mind get away from myself, I'm actually being unfaithful to God and just mentally going through things I shouldn't go. I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like so many things that are in the Bible. I don't, I, it's, it's weird. It's strange. I don't like it. And that's why I need it. I need to be jumping into it. Now, now this is not a unique thing to America in the 21st century. This is in all people in all time frames. People have not liked the Bible. People have not liked the message of the Bible. So there's always been this, this desire to, to tone it down or to reinterpret it. You know, I love when people say, well, that's just your interpretation. People always say that's just your interpretation when they don't like the interpretation. That's always what we say. We never say, well, that's just your interpretation when we like the interpretation. Well, that's a good interpretation. Um, here's what the Bible says about uh, all of us. It says this in the book of 2 Timothy. The time will come when men and women will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. We'll just find somebody to tell us what we want to hear. The Bible is hard to understand and it tells us stuff we don't like. I don't like crunches. I just don't like crunches. The fact of the matter is they work. If I want to build my core, I do crunches at work. I can go buy all kinds of fancy, interesting things on late night television. I bought a couple of them. They don't work. They, just, they make me feel good. Like, oh, that's good. I'm just doing like kind of good. They don't work. In the spiritual realm, we have to understand the things that we don't like oftentimes are things that work, that work. Now, one example of this today, in my opinion, and please, I don't want any reaction out of this, just want you to sit and like, consider this, because I know we have people all over the map in here. Just want you to consider this. Is, um, there's a thing that Jesus said when he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
crazy saying. No American likes that saying when you first hear it. Man, it sounds so narrow, so like, well, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to follow me. You know, that, that definitely was said. All the documentary evidence just bolsters that really well. In fact, if you want to look at documentary evidence and the, and the validity of the Bible, Brian Wells did a message a number of years ago called, ago called Bible Fact or Fiction. Fiction. We have some free CDs for it at the Media Center. You can also get it online. But maybe, maybe Jesus was wrong when he said it. He could have actually said it. Maybe he was wrong when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That, that could be. Maybe we can just change it. Here's, uh, here's what uh, one person who I think uh, has, a, has a great ability to itch ears and make us feel good. His name is Eckhart Tolle. Here's what he says about this verse. He says, the truth, which, by the way, about him, it's interesting. He says that uh, we should not elevate beliefs. Beliefs are not good. Yet he has all kinds of beliefs. And he says we shouldn't judge other beliefs. Yet he kind of purports his beliefs pretty intensely. Here's it, here it is. The truth is inseparable from who you are. Yes, you are the truth. If you look for it elsewhere, you will be deceived every time. The very being that you are is truth. Jesus tried to convey that when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. These words uttered by Jesus are one of the most powerful and direct pointers to the truth if understood correctly. If misinterpreted, however, they become a great obstacle. Jesus speaks of the innermost I am, the essence identity of every man, every woman, every life form. In fact, he speaks of the life that you are. Let me tell you something. I know something about me. Let me tell you. I am not the way. I am sorry. I am not the way. Unless you want, unless you want to get the way to junior high humor, come on over me. I, got, I am the way to junior high humor. I have not outgrown that. I, I, mean, I am not the way. I am not. And let me tell you something about you. You are not the truth. I'm sorry. You are not the truth. Your last tax return shows you can't even tell the truth. You are not. You are not the truth. I mean, I, 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 but I like that. Oh, that's what Jesus wasn't saying. He wasn't really challenging me to examine Jesus. He wasn't really challenging me to consider whether or not he was a unique individual by which all time is transcended and dated by. He wasn't really challenging me to think why it was the people in the first century saw him, saw him come back from the dead, got killed, got lit up like tiki torches because they couldn't recant their faith because they saw. No, no, so I don't, it's, you know, it's easier just for me to say, no, what Jesus was saying really was, we're all the way, all of us. We're all the, you know what, when I'm hearing that, I'm like, ooh, itch my, itch my ears. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 you know, and we just gather. All of us do this as a human condition. We want to gather people around us and tell you one here. The best physical trainers are not the ones that give you exercises that you do well. They're the ones that give you the exercises that you need and you will not like them. Third great reason not to not to read the Bible, is, um, is, is, is you'll space out. I space out. <laughs> Just will. You know, when I work out, I space out. When I watch television, I space out. When my wife talks to me, I space out. I just do. I just space out. And, you know, if and when you read the Bible, just give yourself a pass. Honestly, if you read the Bible and you space out on 90% of what you read, don't beat yourself up. You read 10% of it. Honestly. <laughs> I space out everything that doesn't keep me from doing it. How, how do you read the Bible? You can read the Bible so many different ways. You can, you can read the Bible by, uh, by hearing it here, like I'm giving you verses and you're watching them or you're hearing them. That's how most people heard the Bible for the first 1,500 years of Christendom or so before the printing press came along. You can get it by listening to it on a CD, by reading it on a book, doing it on an MP3. You can get it all those different ways. I was uh, listening on an MP3 
yesterday on my iPod, going through the book of, I- of Hosea. And, and guess what? I space out when I do that. I do. I don't ex- absorb all of it. And I don't guilt myself or beat myself up. Because I'm, I'm going through my day. I'm listening to it on my iPod. This verse all of a sudden just pops on me. It says uh, in the book of Hosea, My people perish for lack of knowledge. And oh, man. <laughs> Have I not perished myself because I did the wrong thing? And it was something that was clearly spelled out in the Bible that would have really helped me. And I started thinking about that. Being in Cincinnati, being part of Crossroads for the last 12 and a half years or so, the pain that we endure, 90% of the pain we endure does not come from cancer, does not come from somebody doing something to us. It comes from us doing something what we could know better if we read the Bible. It comes from making a really bad marriage choice to marry somebody who's in a different place spiritually than we are, and the Bible says danger. Making major decisions without getting the counsel of other people. Comes from not having friends. It says, uh, words from a friend, criticisms from a friend are, are wounds that heal. Not having a friend that actually will wound us and say, oh, you mean friends aren't there just for me to drink with and have fun with? I didn't know that. I didn't know that I should have these friends and I should tell them things they don't want to hear and they should tell me things I don't want to hear. I didn't know that. Oh, you mean I should, all these things I've had, I've had in my life, one of the reasons I'm not perishing more than I am or having more pain in my life right now is because there's a knowledge that the Bible's coming. You know, friends, it just works. It works. It works. I get nothing out of you reading the Bible. Absolutely nothing. I get nothing out of it. It simply works. And it stood the test of time. If so much as a thimbleful of the criticism that's come against the Bible would be applied towards the Book of Mormon, applied towards the Bhagavad applied to anything, Eckhart Tolle or anything, if, if so much as a thimbleful of the criticism the Bible's gotten for thousands of years that come against it, all those things would be gone. But the Bible just keeps taking its hits. It keeps standing. There are difficulties in the Bible. Absolutely they are. And it works. And they've stood the test of time. World leaders have oriented their lives towards them. Scientists, Pulitzer Prize winners have oriented their lives to them. Voltaire, the great French philosopher, said that in his life, he believed, by the end of his life, the Bible would be extinct and no one would be reading it. It would be proven. It's a worthless book. Now one of his homes in France houses the French Bible Society. It just <laughs> continues. It just keeps going. One author, uh, one author says this. It says, uh, the Bible says all sorts of things that are backward and unpopular. So how has it survived all these centuries? Why is it the best-selling book in the history of the world? Because it's true and its truth works. There are lots of things I've read or learned that I never liked, but they still work. I don't like the fact of gravity. I don't like the broken bones I've had as a result of gravity. Nonetheless, gravity is there and it works. If I recognize it and don't fight against it, my life will be better for it. Boy, that's a hot new author. His name is Brian Tome. He's got a book out right now <laughs> called uh, Welcome to the Revolution. It's a fascinating book. Yeah. Available at bookstores everywhere. Really. Honestly, uh, all the best thoughts I've ever had about how you develop spiritually are in this book. And here's the great thing about this book. I feel free to put this up. Same reason I put, feel free to put up The Millionaire Mind. Millionaire Mind, because I don't get a dime from this. All advances have already gone to crossroads. All future Royalties all go to, I, I don't benefit at all from this financially in any way, shape, or form. And why is that? It's because the Bible tells me to honor and obey my authorities. My authorities, I have a number of them, one of them is a board of spiritual directors here. And they came to me a while ago and said, we feel like this thing, you need to just not profit from this and turn it all over crossroads. Let me tell you something, I didn't like that initially. <laughs> I did not, I like it a lot now. I like it a lot now. Actually, there's benefits to that and upsides I never thought 
I never thought of that I would have that I now have now because I did it. And, and it wasn't because they said so. It's because I know the scriptures and the scriptures say that God places authorities in our life to be a blessing to us. Where are you going to get that? In this, in this culture that we have, there's always pessimistic about authorities, always down on authorities. Be your own man. The Bible comes counter that says, no, if you want to be strong, if you want to be able to make the right decisions, if you want somebody to over, uh, look over you, you have to have that. I've never, ever, ever had any value in my life that comes from the Bible that I've ever regretted, that's ever hurt me, ever, ever. So enough of that. That's enough talking about it. Here, we're going to do it the rest of our time. We're going we're to do it the rest of the time because you don't need any more philosophical ideas about the Bible. I want to give you a workout today. I want to give you a workout that you can do. There's all different kinds of workouts you can do. The best one, as I said last week, the best workout is the one you're doing. I'm going to show you the workout that I do on a very regular basis. You have in your program, uh, you want to pull it off if you want. We have five different days on there that you can do if you want. We put five on there because very few of us are going to do seven. There's five. And if you only do one, it's one more than you did two weeks ago. Okay, so the best workout is the one you're doing. Now, this, is a, this is a template that I, I pretty much follow uh, when I get together with God. And there's five things. I'll run them through you and then I'll show them to you. Five things in this workout. Number one, number one, get a sacred space. Find a sacred space. When I put on my workout gear, when I put it on, I feel, uh, I feel like, okay, it's ready to work out. It triggers in my mind time to work out. Find a physical place where you can go and read the Bible or listen to the Bible. The triggers, time to work out. Second thing, second thing I do is I want to I want to pray that God speaks. I say, okay, as I'm sitting here right now, God, I just want to ask you to speak. I don't want this to be an academic exercise. I want you to speak. Would you speak to me? Third thing, read, read until you have an aha moment. Don't feel like you need to plow through some, you know, numerous chapters. If you do want to, that's a workout you want to do. That's cool. But read until something jumps off and you go, aha, interesting. Four, write it down. Write it down. I, write it, I like to write things down because I write them down. I'm getting more engaged tactilely. I'm a tactile person. So if I can write, it's easier for me to keep away the, uh, the space cadet tendencies that I have. So write, write it down. And then five and finally, thank God and go do. Thank God and go. Now, here's I'm going I'm to do these five things right now. And uh, as I do these, uh, I I, I'm going to try to have time with God right now to build my core. I understand this is not going to be exactly the way it is in my house because I know thousands of people are watching me. It's not going to be the same. I know there's going to be an element of quote-unquote showmanship here. I, mean, I, I know that, but honestly, I've done this couple services. I've really actually been able to get in a groove with God on this in some way. And if you can learn from this, that's why I'm doing this. I've taken one chapter from the book of Colossians, which I'm due to read next. I did one chapter last night. I did the second chapter today. I haven't made it anywhere near through the whole chapter, but I just stopped. Today, I'm going to do chapter 3, and I gave all the video guys on PowerPoint exactly these, these words. So here we go. Here's what I do. I get up in the morning. It goes like this. I only sit in this chair when I'm going to have time with God. It triggers me. And here's what I do. God, I've gotten something from you two times I've done this, and uh, maybe, I'll come, maybe I'll shoot blanks right now. Maybe nothing will happen right now. Um, I, I know I, I can't manipulate you. I can't twist you. Um, so this is one of those times where I space out. Nothing happens. Awesome. But I do know that as I'm sitting here with you right now, you can speak to me. 
You can help me see things I hadn't seen before. And I'm asking for you to spiritually work me out, prepare me for something. Would you just right now speak and help me sense your thoughts? Since then, you have been raised up with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. I'll take out my little uh, thing I take my notes on. Aha, uh -huh. put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lusts, evil desires, and greed. I would, I would just write that down. God, put to death. Uh, God, I, I want to kill. These things are not dead in me. These things are not dead in me. My earthly nature, the thing that I naturally am, still strives for sexual images, activity that is not right. That's a natural, normal thing. And I want to kill that. I, I, why, why, why is it, God, that I am, though I kind of pride myself on, on uh, not doing internet porn any longer, why is it that I'm just drawn to like the entertainment section on MSNBC, which almost always has something about somebody's sexual escapades or some good-looking person? That is not killed in me. That is not dead. I, I want that dead. I don't want to be afflicted with that to the same degree. Impurity, lust, evil desires, greed. 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 Um, man, I was over at that house, <laughs> Jason's house last night, and uh, that television he had, I want. I really really want that. And uh, I'm, I'm just continually struggling and wrestling with um, when and when not to make the decision to buy something. I want to continually wrestle with that. I, I want to increasingly be satisfied with what I have and not always want something better. In fact, it says here, idolatry, which is idolatry. I can make an idol out of stuff. I can make an idol out of things. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge 
in the image of its creator. New self. God, you're, you're incredible that you do give new, new selves. New selves. I'm not doing all the things that I used to do. I'm not thinking all the things I used to think. You give new starts. You gave new starts to David as we sang those songs earlier. You, you give new starts to murderers. You, you know, it's crazy to me as I think about the central figures in the Bible. David and the New Testament, a guy named Paul, both of them were murderers. That's crazy. <laughs> That's, why can I not give other people around me a fresh start? Why is that? I, 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 want, I, want a new, I want to put on the new self, the new self that you've given me. I want to be renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. All right, God, uh, I'm not sensing anything I need to do differently right now. Is there anything you want me to do based on this? I'm just going to be silent when you speak. Amen. Uh, hey, Andrea, wherever you are, I know you're here. Why don't you, why don't you guys come up here on stage? You know, it's interesting. Um, quite frankly, nothing happened for me there. <laughs> I, I honestly, I mean, I, I feel like I've been able to reformat my mind. That television, I need to continually think about that. I need to think about, am I putting on the new self? But uh, last night, I was thinking about something. I was moved to tears. Haven't wept on stage for a while. Happened that way last night. 8.30, something really popped for me. I didn't have a big aha right now. Uh, maybe it's because I'm thinking more about you because there's more people in here than normal. Maybe it's because God is not a genie in the lamp. I just can't sit down and do a couple things. And voila, I feel God. Yeah, but what I do feel is I still got some stuff there that's helpful for me and some stuff that helps recalibrate my mind. Hey, look. I don't, I don't want anything from you. I don't want anything from you. It doesn't benefit me at all if you read the Bible. I, you know, honestly, my life will not be different at all if you read the Bible. But I want something for you. I, 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 I want you to be stronger than, than you are right now. Hey, let's do that when we leave. It's nice because I might sing something when I'm in this chair to myself. Fortunately, I'm in another room. People can't hear me. But it's really nice when you have a band. I never have a band in my room when I'm in this chair. I never, <laughs> I never have that. So we're going to sing. Why? Because we can. That's exactly why. That's why that, um, let's do that, uh, that little chorus, uh, Better is One Day. Better is One Day. God, uh, I, I do feel right now that um, when I'm in this chair, there's just a calmness that comes upon me. Even though I space out when I'm in this chair sometimes, there's a calmness that comes over me. And I want that calm when I'm around you. I want that calm all the time. Maybe that calm would come more often if I continue to put on the new self that you've given me.